Each week we have examined a psalm, and as, as Linda reads Psalm 34, see if you can find maybe how God perceives us as creations of significance. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul makes its boast in the Lord. Let the humble hear and be glad. O oh, magnify the Lord with me, and let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord, and he answered me, and delivered me from all my fears. Look to him and be radiant, so your faces shall never be ashamed. This poor soul cried and was heard by the Lord, and was saved from every trouble. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and delivers them. O oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Happy are those who take refuge in him. O oh, fear the Lord, you, his holy ones, for those who fear him have no want. The young lions suffer want and hunger, but those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. Come, O oh, children, listen to me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. Which of you desires life and covets many days to enjoy good? Keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking deceit. Depart from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. Holy wisdom, holy word. Thanks be to God. As you hear the gospel lesson this morning, look at what it is that is required of us. Those pieces in our actions, in our lives, that play significant roles in the lives of others. What is that foundational piece for us? If you are able, will you stand for the reading of the gospel? This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. No one has greater love than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. I do not call you servants any longer, because the servant does not know what the master is doing. But I have called you friends, because I have made known to you everything that I have heard from my father. You did not choose me, but I chose you, and I appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, so that the Father will give you whatever you ask him in my name. I am giving you these commands so that you may love one another. This is God's word. God. Army Staff Sergeant Robert Bales. It's been hard over the last week to not see that name. Uh, it, is, it has been lifted up on CNN and really throughout the world. In a single act and on a single day, he played one of the most significant roles in potentially creating chaos in this day and age, in the lives of families of Afghan citizens, the lives of a few fellow soldiers, the relations between Afghanistan and the United States, and how we are seen throughout the world, and even how we are perceived or how the military is perceived in this country. His story has led every single newscast that I have seen, particularly over the last week, partly because he comes out of Joint Base Lewis McCord and partly because he has a home at Lake Taps, just south of Auburn. I'm not going to preach on him this morning other than this statement. It is amazing to me the significance 
that one person can have even in the world. We don't know what happened that day. We may never know what happened that day, but this man has played a huge role right now in so many different areas. One person, one act, very significant. I don't know how many times I've been told that, that this phrase, I can't make a difference. And yet, what I always come back with in that is, okay, if you really don't believe that, if you really believe that statement to be true, then here's what I'm asking you to do. You ready? Write this down. I'm kidding. Drive out at 4.30 in the afternoon on I-90, get about halfway across that floating bridge, make sure you're in the middle lane, stop your car, get out and walk away. Now, if you tell anybody, the officer who's going to arrest you after that, that your pastor told you to do that, I'll just tell him why. I need this congregation to understand that one life, one person can make a huge difference in the lives of, on that kind of situation, literally thousands of people. Thousands. Okay, please don't do that. <laughs> we have power. I mean, you heard me talk about that last week. Every single one of us has power. We talked about that power, that something happens when you, we unite that power with the power of God. That if you look at that statement that I quoted that Nelson Mandela took from uh, Marianne Williamson's book about the fact that our fear is not that we have too little power. Our fear may be greater that we have too much power, that what we continually try and do is diminish ourselves to believe that somehow that makes other people feel better. But what Williamson wrote was that is not what we are called to do. We are called to step up and live that power in appropriate ways, absolutely. But who are we to deny that? We are creations and gifts of God. I talked about Jesus and his reversal of power. I talked about last week just how we are to kind of implement those kinds of things in our lives, that we are to take it on. We are to take it on. One of the most important realizations that we need to take on as Christians is that we are significant, that we can and, in fact, are called to play a significant role not only in our own life and allow God in our lives, but in the lives of others. It is one of the primary places that we have to come to terms. Yesterday was St. Patrick's Day. I'm looking at Flo, and you want to talk about green. That is a beautiful St. Patrick's kind of, you know, outfit. So luck of the Irish to you. So I looked up St. Patrick again. And again, you know, the legend has it that St. Patrick was able to, in a miraculous way, a legendary way, get rid of all the snakes in Ireland. Of course, they all came here. But, you know, it was an incredible act. However, if you look deeper into that story, what happened with Patrick is he was arrested and had to serve his six years in Ireland. He escaped. But then in an overwhelming call of God was called back into that country to bring Christianity there. And in a very courageous way, that is exactly what he did. And he he really did, in many ways, transform that country. 
I wonder where we're called to do that kind of transformative work. The other thing is I thought about St. Patrick's Day. I, I kept looking at movies trying to figure out what is the best you know, movie that I could quote this morning. And, you know, all the horror leprechaun movies kept coming to mind, but it didn't preach well. (laughs) But the one that kept coming to mind was the movie Phenomenon. And only because the name of the main character is George Malley, and I just thought if you put an O in front of Malley, you'd have an Irish name. But it also talks about significance. An incredibly powerful movie. And let me just relate it back for just a second. George Malley was a mechanic in this small town and really was almost a no one, but it was his birthday, and they were going to celebrate the birthday at the local pub. And so he goes and he celebrates his birthday, and as he, he walks out of that evening, he, he suddenly stops in the middle of the road because what he perceives is this huge light descending at him from heaven. And it literally hits him, and he, there's a, almost a sonic boom that goes with it, and he's knocked down and loses consciousness for a few moments. But when he recovers consciousness, he's still alone, but, but something has happened. He recognizes that something has happened. Suddenly, he begins to read four or five books a day. Suddenly, things that people dream about begin to happen in his mind, and he's able to invent things that no one could have imagined before. He... He gains kinetic powers. He gains all kinds of other powers. But what's interesting about the movie is every part of his focus, even with these new powers, is all directed toward others and helping them. Never once in the movie does it talk about him somehow benefiting from this power. Well, long story short, what happens is he, he's finally told by one of his dearest friends, a, a father figure for him, the local doctor, that what this is is a spider-like malignant tumor in his brain and that he's going to die. Instead of being morose, instead of being self-focused, what he sees that news as becoming is motivation to finish the work so that everyone around him can benefit from this significant gift. Whether it's, whether it's new fertilizers, whether it's biofuel, whether it's being able to read earthquakes, no matter what it is, every single thing is done for the benefit of others. George Malley changes his community because of this. He saves the life of a child because he's able to sense the needs of this child. He saves the life, literally, of this town in so many ways. But most importantly, there is a family, a a love that he's longed to have with Lace, this young woman with two children. I'll never forget the scene at the end of the movie as everybody knows that he's dying and he's standing there with these two children leaning against the fence out of their farm and he's holding and eating an apple. And he looks at them as they're disturbed about this impending death of their new friend. And he takes a bite of the apple and he says, if I were to take this apple and simply put it on the ground, it would rot and do no one any good. 
But as I eat this apple, it becomes a part of me, and it is what we are to be with each other, that we're called to be a part of each other so that even in my death, I will live on in your hearts. Everything, everyone has a purpose. He's talking resurrection with these two children, and it just kept coming to mind for me. And I ask you again, where are the places in your life where you are being called to make that significant difference in the life of another, where they will carry that message forward and maybe even reciprocate and do it for others? I had the privilege last Tuesday morning of going to the Youth Eastside Services Breakfast, uh, an organization where Linda Reichenbach serves on their board. A thousand people there at this breakfast, and they raised over half a million dollars. And here's why. As wonderful and as, as incredible as the story of Elizabeth Smart was, the more powerful story were the story of these young folks, these high school students whose lives were anything but normal or average, lives that were being lived out in places of abuse and chaos, lives where their parents, who were supposed to be those who were building up significance in them, would either ignore them, beat them, or neglect them so that they can do their own thing, uh, whether it's drug abuse or whatever it is. These kids felt absolutely no significance at all. And that kept playing out in very negative and unhealthy ways. And yet here they were standing before us at that breakfast telling their stories. And what every single one, of, particularly those first eight girls talked about, was the significance of this one counselor who found them where they were, surrounded them with love and grace and affirmation and significance, who then introduced them to the other seven of these girls. So they became this support group for each other and relearned what life was supposed to be, relearned the fact that God created them, my language on this one, as a person of significance. You all know what my background is. Coming out of this research community and the whole thing that we were talking about in that research was significance. What the research continued to say was that if we, whether it's a parent or a church, any other organization will help children and youth understand that they have significance. And what we do then is give them opportunities to feel good about being a part of something. Opportunities for involvement. And then what we do is we build skills for them so that they can become confident in those opportunities for involvement. Gain confidence in their own lives. And whether that's in a family of children, believe it or not, doing laundry or gardening or dishes, that they feel like they're playing a significant role in the, in the family or whether it's in the community. And then the three R's come into play. And I, I, everywhere I told these stories, someone would stand up and say, oh, I'm not doing that. But the three R's are as they become confident and they start achieving these places of significance that we recognize them and we reinforce that in them and even reward them for accomplishing these things, even if it's dishes. And it's usually men who would stand up in that audience and say, I'll, I am never rewarding my child for expected behavior. 
And the response is, then you're placing your children at greater risk. But what's also interesting in the research is, I, I love the term they come up with for church, religiosity. I look at these researchers and go, where in the world did you come up with this term? Religiosity can play a role in reducing risk in our kids. In other words, if our youth group is giving our kids opportunities for significant involvement and teaching them skills and recognizing, reinforcing, and rewarding them for accomplishing those things, the church then becomes a place where they're at less risk, or even in our children's education. See, what happens when we do this for our kids, whether it's in our families or the church or in the community or the schools, is that they become bonded with those places in a very healthy way. Bonded, attached to them. They can become committed to the ongoing success of whatever it is that's providing in those things. And they get a complete and deeper buy-in for the belief systems that are being taught, wherever that is. Can you see now the role of the church in that? Can you see that every single one of us in this sanctuary this morning can play a role in that as we surround children and youth with these kinds of opportunities? And by the way, isn't that what Jesus did with his disciples? Didn't he give them opportunities for involvement? Didn't he spend three years teaching them the skills so that they can feel confident in those so that when he leaves and dies and is resurrected, they can carry it on? And aren't we sitting here because that worked? And isn't there recognition and reinforcement and some understanding, whatever it be, of reward for that? Isn't that a Jesus model? So again, my question to you is you hear this. Where are you being called to serve so that others, even beyond your families, might become healthier? Where are we being called as a church? And maybe the most important question is, where are you ignoring that call? Because that's equally damaging on the negative side. Let me close with this thought. Psalm 139 is so beautiful. Every one of us knit, I love that term, knit in our mother's womb. Every hair follicle, every piece of skin, every fiber of the muscles, every piece of us knit in our mother's womb. That's how much God cares for us. This source of life, this source of strength, this source of appropriate power, this source of all that is good was there even at that moment. I keep thinking of Jenny as she's preparing to give birth. Knit in the mother's womb. When was the last time you felt knit by God? God sees you as absolutely significant. God seeks to continually surround you to help you understand the miraculous nature of who you are. My challenge to you as your pastor is take it on. Stop in this time of Lent and listen 
for where those places may be for you. And let's continue as a church to surround the young Sabrinas and the young Isaacs and others to make sure that every child, every youth, knows without a doubt that they are not only significant in the eyes of God, they're significant in the eyes of every single person here. But let's not stop with the children and youth. Look around. There are people in the sanctuary this morning who just need that good news. You are children of God. God continues to want to deepen that relationship and understanding. Let's continue to also do that for each other. Will you pray with me? God of creation, there is something so mystical that happens in us when we give to others. It's as though it's a completion of that cycle, that love that you bring to us. We know that there are things that happen in the brain even that when we give to others, our brains become more healthy, our hearts and our emotions as well. Help us to feel that cycle of significance. Open our hearts. Open our souls. Open and reveal our roles in the midst of all of this. All of this we ask. In the name, even in the life of the one we seek to follow and emulate, Jesus Christ. Amen.